edition of the Nebraska Prep Zone Report. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care, covering greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me as always is Mike Sauter, who before we started was practicing his mask protocol. Yeah, it's always good. You got to have some sort of a face covering, please. And that kind of leads into what we're going to be talking about today, um, fall sports in Nebraska. And I think we're going to be a little pessimistic today, but a couple caveats, we want fall sports to happen. We're not the, we're not people who are rooting for fall sports not to happen. I mean, right now we are currently putting together our Nebraska high school football preview section and all the special stories that go into that and all the top players we have this year and not just football. I mean, of the top 40 high school volleyball players in the nation, Nebraska has five. So it's not anything that we're rooting for the sport not to happen. It's basically just being realistic and being practical. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not trending in the right direction direction for team sports i'll say that for you know individual sports um i was going to say olympic sports but that's volleyball is kind of in that realm um but you know for cross country or tennis golf um those things can be done you know pretty not easily obviously but uh have a little more you know you can you can get those done. There's no real contact. Tennis, obviously, there's a ball, but, like, that's, you know. Um, you, can, you can social distance. You can have right. them swap out but the ball between points. and Right. The, with, the, with cross country, your worry is the cluster of runners at the start, but some of this stuff is easily more worked around than volleyball and football. But cross country, you could really start them – you could just stagger the start times because you're basically running against time. You could do different flights or heats and stuff like that. Kind of like what they do for track. Um, it'd be, it just make it a little longer of, of an event, but it, you know, if that's what has to be done to get done, I think then, then that's what has to be done. Um, you know, football is the biggest thing because we live in Nebraska. Um, and that's the biggest worry I think right now is, how can you have a contact or combat sport where, you know, people are literally breathing on each other and touching each other every single play for two hours at a time? Uh, how do you do that? And um, it, there's no real sort of safe way to do that um, unless, you know, people are being tested and, um, it, it, and, being socially distant from each other, which again, in football, it's, you know, we're talking a combat sport, um, basically. And so it's virtually impossible. Um, yeah. The, the thing in Nebraska, and that's what we're talking about is, I mean, the number of cases are rising tremendously in the larger population. So, you know, Douglas County, Lancaster County, Sarpy County, those numbers are, are, they're not slowing down. They're only going up. And, um, and those numbers are what administrators are looking at. And if administrators aren't comfortable with those levels, then it's, 
Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, it it feel it certainly feels like it's trending towards not, you know, happening um, when you have school districts uh, changing uh, because of the the guidelines that that were set as far as the different colors like green, yellow, red. Um, when you get into the yellow, that means you're at 25% capacity of the school. Well, if you're at 25% capacity of the school, that means that you can still have uh, sports. The hard part and the hard sell is going to be how do you how do you say it's okay to have sports and activities if there are n- zero students in the school um, for class? That's not going to happen. Like that's just not going to happen. I, I hope. Yeah, in, in my in my opinion, you yeah. can't you can't make that justification and. We've already seen some schools, Papillion, earlier this week said, we're remote learning. We have the option for remote learning, sorry. Option for remote learning, option for in-person. If you opt for remote learning, you can't do athletics. And that, that has to be what it is because, you know, in, in, what we're, in what it's showing, remote learning is going to be the safer option. And you can't justify taking the safe option and then saying, but it's okay for athletics. If these are high school students, that needs to be the important part, the education. Correct. And there's, but there's a lot more that goes into education. You know, I mean, I'm just, I, for me, um, I look at, you know, when I graduated high school 20 years ago, um, and when I was in high school, my big caveat for going to school, not every day, but a lot of days was, if I don't go to school, I don't get a practice. And if I don't get a practice or if I don't go to school, I don't get to play or participate in that sport on Tuesday night or Friday night or Saturday or whatever. Um, a lot of kids, there are a lot of kids I think that still feel that way. Um, and some of the kids that I talk to, they're very much so feel that way where, you know, like, they're cool if there's no in-person class, but as long as they get a play, they're, they're, that's all they really care about. And let's face it, kids will find a way to play um, or participate in their sports. They, they just will from if it's club or, uh, you know, AAU basketball or club sports or something like that. Well, there really isn't that for football. Um, but, I mean, there's smart enough people – around that can create a seven on seven league. I mean, there already is seven on seven leagues, but not necessarily for high schoolers, but that stuff will happen. I think it'll boom. Uh, They're already seeing that in California right now where club sports have just taken off even after, even more so after um, the state association decided not to have fall sports. So I think there is a a fine line risk here that we're going to be sort of working on or working through um hopefully yeah, and, and 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 i want to be clear for kids that their their motivation for school is so they can compete in athletics there's nothing wrong with that at all um it's to me i think what a lot of these districts and what a lot of these organizations are going to have a hard time at the end of the day with is sanctioning these events if they can't do it safely i mean legion baseball we've seen a handful of teams have to end their season because of positive COVID outbreaks and baseball. I think we would agree is a little bit more of a social distance sport than 
football and volleyball. And, and, and again, I, I also want to stress that we're not criticizing any decision. If, if the NSA says, okay, it's safe for all of our classes to play, we're not criticizing that decision here by, by being pessimistic. We're not criticizing, you know, if OPS says that they're going to not have fall sports, we're not criticizing that decision. We're not criticizing anyone's decision. We're, we're more kind of recognizing that things are, like you know, trending in the wrong direction. And also, let's be safe about this. But it could be, yeah, I, I would be very interested to see if there's a seven-on-seven seven boom or a club volleyball boom if there's no sanctioned sports for those. Yeah, and to your point on the baseball, and really all of this is – how the community reacts, right? Does the, when I say that, I mean, outside of being on their campus, I talked to administrator this morning um, that said, listen, we haven't had any outbreaks in our weight room or our fields or anything like that. Like that hasn't been the problem. The problem has been when the student athletes are away from our campus, they bring it back or their decisions away from our campus are affecting how we will likely have to go about a fall sports season if there is one. And, you know, that makes a ton of sense is the problem isn't necessarily what people are doing while they're at school or in workouts or in the weight room or something like that. It's what they're doing outside of those things. Um, Cause you, you can regulate those workouts. You can put yeah. in safety protocols and I think schools are doing it the right way. OPS did say um, that, or uh, yeah, in a recent story, I mean, the Douglas County Health Department reported a number of COVID cases among sports teams and other groups that have resumed practices, games, and rehearsals. There are a few anecdotes in the story in World Herald earlier this week, you know, about a dance team member. But to your point, that's not to say that it was that anyone didn't get it from, you know, going to the grocery store and being in contact with someone. It wasn't necessarily from these practices. Correct. And I mean, it's, that's the biggest rub. Like how do you, there's no way to really control it. Right. And, and um, you know, is, is it going to be, if the decision comes from OPS not to have fall sports, are they going to be the only one or the outlier? I'm not sure that they, that that will even work. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's all based on the County. So you still have West side and you have the parochial schools all in Douglas County. Um, Sarpy County could be different. Maybe the Bellevue and Papillions can do something differently and continue to play based off of their numbers in the County health departments. Well, how does that affect scheduling? Uh, how do you even go about that? I do know that there have been discussions on four different options um, for fall sports, meaning uh, target a later start date and stagger the sports. Um, maybe a, a August 31st was a timeline yeah. that was, was talked about. Um, not, not starting practices August 10th uh, and let everything but football and volleyball go um, on you know, August 31st or let everybody let everything except for football and volleyball start on the 10th when practices are supposed to start or do they do football and volleyball district only seasons where maybe they start that um 
you know, late September and they only play five, six games? Do they do the Iowa model where they have two or three, um, you know, kind of bye weeks built in there where they can kind of have a little separation from people? Um, it looks like maybe August 31st is going to be the start day to push it back sort of, you know, 20-ish days, I guess, um, to hopefully see something change. Um, but it, it feels like the staggering of sports is something that's likely going to happen at this point. Um, and those, those decisions should be coming in the next week. They have, I mean, frankly, they, they right. kind of have to be made, uh, obviously before August 10th. So if you, if you do stagger the sports and you do do a district only schedule, I'm talking football here. If, if you do that, do you only play five or six games? And what does that schedule look like? Is it a October through the first week in December, which then affects winter sports and pushing winter sports start date back even more? Um, there's, there's been a lot of options. There's mainly four uh, options that have been discussed. I know they've been discussed from the people, administrators that I've talked to and other people. Um, that are privy to that information that those four options are definitely on the table and they have been discussed with um, the, the NSA has discussed them with administrators throughout the state. They did send this survey out to schools and um, you know, earlier this week, but that, you know, the, there's been more to that than just the survey piece. So um, yeah. And, and Stu's story, um, in today's paper did note that for football, there's also a bunch of options being discussed, including district only, the first two weeks optional, you know, all teams to the playoffs to finish off their seasons or dropping playoffs and using those four weeks to finish off the regular season. It, there, it's a lot up in the air right now, but I think we're kind of trending towards some sort of model where not everybody is going to play and whether that means a Millard high school football team round Robin or because they're the only district that it is safe for it to play or what it, it remains to be seen. But I think it, at the very least, it's going to be a delayed start as you noted for football volleyball. Right. And it, it, as far as, you know, I, I mean, Millard is a, it, it's all based on the county, right? So I, yeah. I think that that's, that's important to say that. So there's Sarpy County, the Papillions and the Bellevues and uh, Platteview and those schools are, can maybe play. And, um, you know, if OPS Millard Westside and the parochial schools can't, then what does that mean? There's so many ramifications for that, right? What does that mean for kids wanting to actually play? Um, do they try and get into Bellevue West or East or Papillions, which Papillions closed as a closed district. They're, they can't accept more students. They're, they're filled. So uh, what is that? Does that maybe mean kids go to, I don't know, Bennington or DC West or, well, that's still Douglas County. You know, I mean, it's, it, yeah. what does that look like? And does, does the NSA relax transfer rules? Right. And it, and from the NFHS is, Obviously, she said no, but it's up to the board and each individual state. And I think the hardship wager, waiver thing, part of that is how can you say that you exist to, because you want to give kids opportunities 
but then you deny the opportunities when it's not the the individual you know athletes fault or they're not transferring because when they're you know most of the time transfers happen because they're mad about playing time or feel like they should get more or upset with the coach or something happened right um well this is a totally different situation so how does does the nsa or the board not the nsa the board first of all mm -hmm. the membership the membership would have to bring it to the board and the board would have to vote on it i mean how do you how do you say that you're your four opportunities, but then you don't give, uh, but then you deny that opportunity. Uh, and also like, what impact is that gonna have on, and uh, again, if I'm saying if the Sarpy County schools are playing and, and Douglas County's not, what impact does that have on the future? Uh, meaning, you know, five, 10 years from now, um, does that, does it just totally change? Do kids, uh, if kids transfer, well, if they are not allowed to transfer, well, what if they just sit out a year or reclassify because they're young for their age? That's an option too, particularly freshmen. What if they go to, what if they redo kind of eighth grade uh, because they're young for the grade? They were born in, let's say their birthday, it's August or something. What if they just kind of hold back one more year and, um, and, and then they ha still have the four years of eligibility. That's been discussed. Um, I know that's been discussed because I've talked to numerous coaches and, and um, parents and athletes and stuff. I, I know those situations have been discussed. Um, and and to, your, to your point, just spinning it to the other side, I know that there are a few OPS schools that, to put it delicately, are currently struggling in football. Does this – decimate their program does this mean no more football in five years at x school because it is it can't be done at a competitive enough level or there aren't enough kids out for it there's a lot of ramifications that are smaller in the current context of what's going on right and i, I would tell you so working on a story for later this week and um I talked to every single OPS football coach off. They, they're not allowed to say, uh, to speak on the record or give their name. Right. But, uh, there's a line in the story that I, that I, that I'm working on, uh, an, an anonymous, you know, can't be named coach said we want to be safe and behind the administration, but we don't want to be a death nail to OPS football. I think that's, extremely impactful quote um and it and it likely you know if if everyone else is playing and ops is not or the district you know the counties are not i mean it, it, it's going to have a lot long lasting effect if other people are playing and ops is not or you know i don't think miller that it would affect that much but i will say if if they're not then um we, we also do, and this is nothing against the coach, but we also do need to recognize the potential bias in that quote, that they're looking out for their own program. Absolutely. And on, sure. on, the, on the other side of that, yeah, as they should, and, and on the other side of it, could OPS, if they cancel, and they're the first ones to cancel whenever that vote is, could they be setting an example and, you know, could, it, could we look at their example in two, three months and say, they set the standard, they set the tone for this, 
they absolutely took the right approach on it. OPS has been kind of the standard bear for this. They've been the first to make the decisions and basically kind of everyone else has followed all along this whole path so far. And I feel like that's what's going to happen again. This is my, my gut. Um, kind of like a snow day. When, when OPS cancels first, everyone feels like they wait for, for OPS to make the decision um, on a snow day, and then everyone else kind of falls in line. I feel like that's likely going to be the situation here. Um, but there are administrators, including superintendents that I talked to, um, that said, we're going to make the decision for what's best for our school and our community. Depending, it, that doesn't really matter on on that front end as far as what OPS does. But I think it'd be really hard to, you know, say that. Yeah, and we should note. I mean, it kind of burying the lead a little bit here. The impetus for this discussion is the the votes coming next week from NSAA as well as OPS on what fall sports will look like and what they are willing to do. I don't. Well, I don't know if that's particularly true i mean it it because they can make the they can make a decision before like a school board meeting or something like that and it, it could happen five minutes from now or right. it could happen a week from now um i i it, i don't know if that's particularly true if there's actually going to be a vote or something like that there's and as far as ops is concerned there's an executive committee that's making those decisions um but it, it's not i don't think that's I don't think that's the case necessarily. They, they can make a decision on their own uh, without, you know, public comment really at all. Yeah. Thank, thank you for clarifying that. It, it just, I more wanted to note that the impetus for this was that, you know, stuff is getting rolling. And as you noted, practices are going to be opening August 10th. Well, they're supposed to be opening. August. Supposed to be. We, you know, when, when is the, you know, we, they need, schools need to have and districts need to have clarification. Yeah, it's looming. It's coming. I mean, and that's basically, um, you know, we'll just kind of wait. I think everyone's just waiting um, for their for something, some sort of clarity, I guess. But yeah. I do know all that. All I mean, the athletic directors and coaches and that they're they're planning on starting on August tenth, unless until they're told differently. So, um, yeah. And, and like we noted off the top, I hope for the athletes, for the coaches, for the parents that they do get a play and that it is done safely. Um, I think everybody wants that. And, you know, I think that's why your number one question in your inbox is all our fall sports going to happen. And if fall sports get canceled, what does that mean for basketball this winter? It's, Everybody recognizes, you know, that it's up in the air right now. It's, I mean, to kind of wrap up here, it, it all falls on the community to make the right choices outside of the school. That's what it falls on. It, it, it clearly does. I talked to doctors and infectious disease people about this, and they all have said it all is if people can do the right thing and just be un, if people can be uncomfortable for a period of time, a short period of time in their life, if they can just be uncomfortable, get these numbers down, then everything will, will go back to normal. But it's just making those decisions and being a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, like wearing a mask, it's uncomfortable for most people. 
if they can just do that and stay away from people and socially distant and all that, then just do that, then, then, then we can get back to normal quicker. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing right now is just people need to make sure that they're, you know, being a little bit uncomfortable, just be a little bit uncomfortable. I couldn't have phrased that any better. And I think that's a perfect note to end this on. So until next time, hopefully we can be a little bit more optimistic then. Thanks for listening and have a great day. As the official team doctors for high school and college teams across greater Omaha, MD West One Sports Med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at mdwestone.com or call 402-390-4111.